0: Hello, welcome to How to Scale a Business podcast. I'm Bridget Devin, your host, and today I'm excited to welcome James Pratt with James Pratt Auctions. He is the founder and CEO and took the company from inception to doing close to two and a half, 3,000 luxury auctions around the world. They're the first company to do cryptocurrency within auctions in the world, and James is a two-time Australian auctioneer of the world. James, thank you so much for joining me, and I'm very excited to talk with you.
1: Thanks very much, Bridget, for uh, having a chat with me.
0: Yeah. So can you share with us a little bit about yourself and how your company got started?
1: Sure. Uh, originally from Australia, uh, now based in Los Angeles, uh, James Pratt Auctions Group originally started out as just, you could say, upskilling myself. So I went from working uh, in, a, in a great sort of franchise, real estate franchise, uh, to then being one of the, the directors there to then the next step is starting your own company. So the, the process there was just luxury real estate and upskilling myself.
0: I love it. Um, and w- and you're saying upskilling?
1: Yeah, like I guess you could say every step of the way, uh, learning another skill. So then stop working for someone. You can actually then start applying that with your own business rather than just thinking, look, I've done you know A yeah. to B, A to B, A to B, A to B so yeah. for 5, 10 years and I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to do A to B again. It's yeah. continual learning. So when you start your business, you've got a bit of room to grow.
0: Yeah. I relate to that a little bit. I've noticed um in, in my work that every week it's like there's a new theme and there's a new like pain point that I I I know at the beginning of the week I'm gonna feel it, but by the end of the week, it's like I got that part dialed in. What's the new thing?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like a gym workout. Like once on yeah. a time, you know, doing like 30 reps was a lot. Now you do 35 and 40. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um. So, do you ever come across any like common myths about your job or field of expertise?
1: Yeah, those real estate reality shows are completely fake. Uh, oh, th- that, that's yeah. not how uh, a real estate day in the life of real estate actually happens in the the luxury uh, world. So that that's the myth. Because I have had, like, the thing is, I think the, the biggest myth is a lot of people think in the the real estate world, like, and I keep saying luxury, but let's say the, the more top tier market, it's you basically walk around, show someone the house, and then someone just offers you the money, and then you buy a new Porsche the next day. That's often the kind of perception on TV. The reality is, is there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes. And there's also a lot of conversations that are not fun to have. I mean, if someone very wealthy wants this price for their property and you can't get them that price for their property it's it's not something that relationship is obviously tethered a little bit until you get that price so they don't show that awkwardness as well along with a lot, a lot of other things but it's fun to to watch reality yeah. tv too
0: you know that's good to clear that up i i think um because yeah especially real estate like you know there's probably so many parts of that job that aren't shown in the day-to-day life. I'd love to hear a little bit more what the day-to-day life is like for you.
1: So within the auction space, uh, definitely it's a lot of conversations early on, like price points, uh, working with the agent as well, the listing agent at times. So the listing agent will have a a listing. Let's say the the owner says, look, I want to auction it uh, and that's when we really get involved and then start start to run all the elements of the auction. And that can be everything from like what time to hold the auction, where to hold the auction. How do you, you know, what are the logistics when you have a company in Hong Kong that's trying to buy in a, a company name? And how does that affect then their ways to pay a deposit after the auction? So a lot of the, I guess you could say the more admin work. And then obviously uh, on auction day, it's about getting every single last cent uh, for, for that home.
0: Right, absolutely. Um, and what was it like developing your auctioneering skills? Um, is that something that, you know, you learned on your own or?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because I kind of fell into it to start with originally. And it's sort of a niche market because some countries really promote uh, auction selling real estate and other companies like America, it's probably a little bit more of seen as a distress sale. So there's, there's been a lot of, uh, I think, training, but also where I've probably grown the most is just different markets help you build. So it's, you know, auctioning a property with, you know, 800 people wanting to bid on it is great. It's easy. It's, it's like a Sotheby's art auction. But then when you've got, you know, five people standing around and no one really wants to bid, maybe one person wants to bid, then that's a different that up skill set. That upskill of getting someone to bid, the oh. urgency, the fear of missing out, all those things start coming into play. And just yeah. for the record, yeah, one one bidder auctions are uh, not much fun.
0: I was going to say, yeah, that would be a, a, a tough crowd.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so you shared that you are now based in LA and we talked a little bit about this. Um, there's new work uh, outside of real estate that you're doing.
1: Yeah, so a couple of years ago, uh, I got involved with a, a company called Mogul Productions um, when they were starting out, which is a film financing off the blockchain company. So basically, uh, financing film through the blockchain, uh, and also getting involved in in film production, which is another growth that I've really loved. Uh, especially considering that you know life is short, you know, to to keep keep. I guess you'd say learning is is what it's all about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, what, what drew you to film? Um, you know, was there a love for that?
1: I mean, I, I did study it back in Australia about the same time as real estate. Um, but I will be honest with you, it's appearing on a couple of those reality TV shows, uh, just unintentionally for real estate, which probably put me back into, um, looking at how I could sort of, uh, I guess you could say diverse, uh, keep running the company, and also look to expand. So, yeah, we can call it some some pretty um, entertaining reality TV shows on real estate was the the catalyst.
0: Oh, and um, so it was you watching real estate reality that kind of made you want to get into film a little bit?
1: Uh, it was actually me being on the show as the, oh, the auctioneer. Yeah, after uh, yeah. some oh. of these reality TV real estate shows, which in in hindsight was a lot of fun, but when you – to sort of go back to your original question, what are some of the myths? Um, yeah, that's probably where my answer was saying it's nothing like what you see on TV. You don't yeah. get, you don't get to do like five or six takes at an auction in real life if, oh, if, okay. if the camera doesn't like the uh, the reaction from the crowd.
0: Right, so. absolutely. Um, and so you also are sharing that you're doing some directing too. Can you speak to that experience?
1: Sure. Uh, there's a, a, a fun feature film. Um, if you're looking for a, a kind of a Dumb and Dumber-esque uh, buddy road trip, uh, Malibu Crush came out uh, a couple of months ago uh, in the US, Australia, Canada, and France. Uh, so it's a fun comedy movie. Uh, two best friends on a road trip to to find a girl that they dated, one of them dated f- for two weeks in high school. And they're obsessed that they think she's still going to be in love with them. So... Uh, so yeah, check it out Malibu Crush.
0: and this is this is a film that you directed.
1: I did yeah, yeah yeah and, uh, you go, sorry.
0: I was gonna say, is this the first film that you've directed?
1: Uh I did a documentary in two thousand and eleven uh called Summer Promise. Maybe it's two thousand and ten. I know it was completed in two thousand ten, but I don't think it got released in two thousand eleven uh for ABC. Uh, it's called Summer Promise. Uh, very different, not dumb and dumbass. That's quite a, a kind of gritty uh, look at issues with um, with Indigenous people uh, around the world. Uh, so uh, I'd done that and a few other things here and there in, in the directing space, but this was the first uh, feature film.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Did you find that skills as, um, you know, in real estate auctioneering translated well over into directing?
1: That's a good question because I uh, initially I would have thought there wouldn't have been too many. It would have been probably a better plateau to be, you know, an auctioneer and then an actor or that side of things. But there's actually quite a lot of similarities. And also when you look at the people management skills in real estate and also your time management, I think that's probably one of the, the really great things to mm-hmm. have in your pocket regardless of your industry, but to be able to kind of manage your time effect- uh, effectively. And also be able to to manage people is great, especially in that directing role, because it's again, it's it's sort of every day is a different season. And, you know, it could be summer in the morning and then it's, you know, cloudy and winter in the afternoon as soon as some fires come up.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I'd love to hear, you know, with both, you know, um, endeavors that you're in, what your vision is uh, for the auctioning and for the film, what you see in the next year and beyond.
1: Well, with, with the real estate downturn, obviously, right across the world, you know, Western countries uh, in particular, you've got inflation, you've got interest rates going up. It's it's less of a seller's market, more of a buyer's market. So with the auctioneering, I think it's more just a lot of education on both fronts. First for the, the seller, like what to expect, but also for the buyer, obviously, uh, you know, an auction isn't a fire sale. It's, it's going to still be very competitive. So that's on the, the real estate front. Uh, and then on the the film front uh i'm producing a, a film at the moment uh that should be out in about two months time month to two months uh if everything goes well in in post which it is uh and then hoping to just gear up another movie so i'm so living the dream at the moment uh you know a, a luxury real estate market that's kind of like you know fading a little bit this year uh but then the the film side is is also a great way to keep my skills up
0: Fantastic. Um, and I'd love to hear like what you know, what do you see for your work in film uh um, you know, beyond a year? Uh, do you have like dreams that you're hoping to accomplish or big pro- a specific type of project?
1: I think that the dream would be uh in you know the next five years is to to set up a film production company with a slate of films. Uh, which is the new business model, quite quite a new business model in Hollywood. But uh, to kind of fast forward and, and share that business model is, you know, you have so many different streamers now. You have VOD, which is video on demand, you know, SVOD, streaming video on demand, uh, all these ways, if you have a product in front of you that you can get it in front of an audience and a paying audience as well. Whereas five, 10 years ago, it used to be a studio setup, which is like you either had a film, and the studio would release it and it would come out of the theater. And that's the only way to make money. Whereas now it's like, there's a lot of really smart people in, in Hollywood here that they've recognized if you can make, you know, smaller budget films. So let's say under 3 million and you can make, make five, 10 of those a year. It's quite easy to get, you know, two X, three X on those. And that adds up. So when you consider, you know, you do say five films for 3 million each, but each of those films have tripled their money that's a much more profitable way than say a studio which is like I'm just going to do one big film this year and let's you know fingers crossed nothing happens to the cast or crew before it comes out and that ruins the the par- the marketing so having that slate uh of productions which is something i've been sort of gearing up with uh with with working with different producers which is yeah having that slate lined up so you're able to then just kick in have five films a year have them coming out Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon. There's so many different platforms that you can get outward deals with. Uh, yeah. So that's the that's the the exciting challenge for the the next couple of years.
0: Oh, I love that, and i'd I'd love to learn. Like, what what um what do you think that path looks like from being where you are today and to, uh, and to having that production company producing that many films? Like, what are the things that need to happen between now and then?
1: It's, it's a patience game as well. Just lining up, obviously, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to rush in and, you know, do an announcement on Deadline Hollywood or, or whatever, you know, doing five films and then it just fades out. Having all the pieces in place so that, yeah, you have like a crew in place, you have the cast in place and then you have specific dates so that it's not like we'll make a movie, we'll finish it and then we'll sell it to, hypothetically, Netflix. It's no, we've spoken on Netflix. We've got an agreement once the film's shot by September and then it's going to come out in in January. So all these films sort of strategically are placed in a, a timing because the other thing as well is it's like, you know, the market changes so differently. Uh, you know, COVID, that was such a dream for streamers. You know, you had people forced to stay at home and watch movies. Now, <laughs> it's, you know, if they want to buy content, it has to have a level of, of quality because otherwise people are just going to be outside playing beach volleyball or swimming or surfing and not really interested in watching TV.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, James, thank you so much for your time. And I'd love for you to share how people can stay connected with you or anything else that you'd like for people to know about either your work um, in auctioning and real estate or um, directing and filming.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, anyone can can contact me anytime. From the, the auction side, just head to Uh And also for the, the film side, probably the, the best to kind of have a look and see just on IMDb. Check out Malibu Crush. Otherwise, uh, just hit me up on Instagram, james uh, underscore pratt7
0: awesome well James thank you so much I'm um, really excited about your journey and um, to see how the film journey evolves um, and I uh, wrote down the uh, new release you have Malibu Crush so definitely going to be checking that out and anyone listening definitely check out the Malibu Crush and uh, yeah James thank you so much for your time
1: thanks very much Bridget it's been fun